Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. And welcome to Sunday Night Church. There are wonderful words found in the Bible that speak of the evening sacrifice. We're going to read 1 Kings 18, beginning at verse 25. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bowl for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bowl which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked him and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when it was midday, and when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And they repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass... At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I grew up going to church Sunday morning and Sunday evening. 
It was pattern. It was routine. It was principle. It was practice. It was non-negotiable. It was standard. It was custom. It was normal. It was honorable. It was altogether right and holy. As the years have gone by that I've lived, many churches have let go of the evening sacrifice. Many families, many people. Why? Well, many reasons could be given here, and many reasons are given for absence. I've heard some crazy ones, and always a hope of justification. Now, I don't want to focus on the reasons. I do, however, want us to hear from the Spirit of the Lord. Verse 30, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I want to ask a question tonight. Is it too much to say that the altar of the Lord, the evening sacrifice, is broken down? The message paraphrase reads, gather around, and they gathered. Then he put the altar back together, for by now it was in ruins. And the Amplified Bible reads, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near him, and he repaired the old altar of the Lord that had been broken down by Jezebel. Perhaps you say tonight, stretching the text to make a statement. No. Allowing a prophetic word to be heard. This house, this church, has always believed in the evening sacrifice. The importance of it, the power of it, the statement of it, and the results of it. Now, we all know it's been a crazy ride this past while, and it seems the ride isn't over. And services have been affected but the standard of this house, this church, is still alive. And I really believe that the Lord would say it's a time when the Lord will turn hearts back to Him again. And the call is that we gather and let the altar of the Lord be repaired. As long as this church carries on by the grace of God, we will cherish and honor the evening sacrifice. We will speak highly of it. We will esteem it. We will cherish it, knowing the importance of it, the power of it, the statement of it, and the incredible results. And my, how it blesses the heart of our Father. What do I hear? If we will gather, if we will build the altar, the fire will fall, and the Lord will consume the sacrifice. Psalm 141, verse 2, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. 
The Passion Translation, let my prayer be as the evening sacrifice that burns like fragrant incense, rising as my offering to you. As I lift up my hands in surrendered worship, what is the sacrifice on the altar? It's you and me. It's us. Our prayers, our worship, it's our families, our children, our homes, our time, our respect, honor, reverence. It's our commitment. It's our dedication. It's our everything. I've been asked in the past, why do you go to church so much? Just respond with the question, why do you go to church so little? Don't try and give reason why we go to church so much. It's because we love the house. And we love the people of God. And we love our Father. Back to 1 Kings, reading from the Voice Bible. Elijah to the people, gather around me. So all the people gathered around him. And he fixed the eternal's altar that had been torn down. Elijah gathered 12 stones, one for each of Jacob's tribes. Jacob was the one who wrestled with God and whom the word of the eternal one visited, saying, Your name will be Israel. Elijah took the 12 stones and constructed an altar in honor of the eternal one and carved a ditch out around it, large enough to hold 13 quarts of seed. He set up the wood, chopped up the bull, and placed it on top of the wood. Elijah to the people, go get four big jars and fill them all up with water. Then pour, pour the water out over the burnt offering in the wood. Now do the same thing again, and so they did it a second time. Elijah, all right, now do the same thing a third time. And so they did it a third time. The water covered the altar and even filled up the ditch. When it was time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah called out to the Eternal, Elijah praying, Eternal One, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, reveal yourself on this day as Israel's God. Make it known that I serve you and have done all of this because you commanded it of me. Answer me, Eternal One. Reveal yourself so that everyone here will know that you, Eternal One, are the true God the only God. Do it so that everyone knows you are turning the gaze of the hearts, the gaze of their hearts, back to you again. Right then, the Eternal One's fire landed upon the altar. The flames consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the ground. The flames even drank up all the water in the ditch. Incredible. When everyone witnessed this extraordinary power, they all put their faces to the ground in fear and awe and wonder. We are here tonight. Thank you for attending. We are here tonight, and so perhaps we believe in the evening sacrifice. Or it's that we came to check things out. 
Whatever the reason, know this. The Lord deserves the evening sacrifice. And it is important. It is powerful. It is a statement. And there are incredible results because of it. Listen, he knows it. And so should we. And let it be that we who believe in it put out the call that many more would gather and build and repair the altar of the Lord. That the evening sacrifice would live again in this generation. That the fire of the Lord that comes by night would consume this generation. That the fire of the Lord that comes by night would mark this generation. That the fire of the Lord that comes by night would cause fear and awe and wonder at the time of the evening sacrifice. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The Passion Translation reads, I was overjoyed when they said, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Does that scripture only apply to Sunday morning? I was glad when they said, let's get to church. In the morning, yes, and in the evening. Numerous times during this past season, my children have asked, when are we starting Sunday night church again? I mean, I thought the kids would like the time, you know, playing and riding bikes. But when you create a hunger in a child, a desperation for the presence of God. And so the question, when are we starting Sunday night church again? You see, this I welcome. When are we starting Sunday night church again? When are we starting Sunday night church again? When are we starting Sunday night church again? This I welcome. When are we going to get there? Not so much. When are we starting Sunday night church again? The Voice Bible reads, I was so happy when my fellow pilgrims said, let's go to the house of the eternal. And I believe the Lord would say, as he said to me, they are your children, but they are your fellow pilgrims. And I'd say to every parent in this place tonight, and those that perhaps will listen in to see what it was like. They are your children, but they are your fellow pilgrims with hearts set on pilgrimage. And until they are adults, I can only speak for my house. Until they are adults, this house, this house goes to his house morning and evening. And the reality is this, until my children can drive, I'd be the only hindrance to their pilgrimage. (laughs) Think about it. Until your children can make their own decision and make their own way to this house Sunday morning and Sunday night, as parents, we we are the only hindrance to their pilgrimage. At the point of adulthood, they have to choose for themselves. 
But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, this house, let's serve the Lord. The message reads, when they said, let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. I don't know if your heart leaps for joy when your children say, let's go to the house of the Lord. I'd rather that than any alternative. Now, you already know my thoughts and stance on Sunday p.m. church. And yes, each one and each family must choose for themselves. Are you waiting for a thus saith the Lord? Many times the Lord gives wise suggestions. Like, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wise suggestion. Each must choose, but let it be known that without a shadow of a doubt, if we will gather, if we will build the altar, the fire will fall, and the Lord will consume the sacrifice. And I'd say tonight, let it be known that without a shadow of a doubt, it is important. It is powerful. It is a statement. And the results, there are incredible results because of it. What better preparation for the week ahead than a double dose of the house of the Lord? And there was a time, and I'll just share this story because I just thought about it. Many years ago, every Sunday night, we'd, we'd play soccer after, a.k.a. football. After the Sunday night service, whenever that ended, we'd head over, head over to a field and we'd set up proper nets and we'd just play, whoever wanted to play. Started noticing this pattern. Certain individuals, they weren't in church, but they were on the field. You know, and you'd go and ask, like, you weren't at church. You had to get things done. So you could come play soccer? Now, I'm not the judge, but nothing is hidden from the Lord. <laughs> they could have easily came to church and missed soccer. Sadly, many of those never came back to the house of the Lord on Sunday nights, and I could name you the names and draw the faces of those that simply don't attend. What better preparation for the week ahead than a double dose of the house of the Lord? I don't know if I should share this, but, you know, a generation might say, oh, we're, we're woke. Isn't that the new term? Uh, I just say to them, no, it's time you woke up from your inoculated slumber. And it's time to take this more seriously than ever. Because you want to know the truth, church? I hate with a perfect hatred woke Christianity. 
It's insanity, and everything woke turns to ruins. The question, if you are responsible for the house of the Lord, and you are, we all are, we're all in this together. If you're responsible for the house of the Lord, what it would look like when your generation passes away, ask, would there be a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening? Would there be Tuesday night prayer? Would there be programs like Alpha? Would there be CTI? Would there be these different avenues? Would there be children's church? Would there, would there be a lighthouse? Would there... We're responsible. It's our day. It's our day. Morning and evening. Morning and evening. Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. You know, the Lord is here for the evening sacrifice. His eyes and ears attentive. His heart is overjoyed and heaven is smiling down on us. Psalm 122, verse 1 in the Living Bible, I was glad for the suggestion of going to Jerusalem, to the temple of the Lord. You know, I I trust tonight that you are glad for the suggestion. And my prayer is that many more would be glad for the suggestion. Is it enough to just attend Sunday a.m.? Why are we asking such a question? Get by with doing as little as possible. Is it enough to just attend Sunday a.m.? Why are we asking such a question? I recently heard a man of God say these words. My own inclination when people ask should we have two services on the Lord's Day, to say, I believe we as the people of God ought to rise up in righteous revolt against the parsimony and ask, why can't we have three? It's the Lord's Day. You see, something's wrong when we're asking for less. Psalm 92 and its title If you have a New King James Version Bible, a song for the Sabbath day. Verses 1 and 2, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Verse 1, the Passion Translation, it's so enjoyable to come before you with uncontainable praises spilling from our hearts. How we love to sing our praises over and over to you. To the matchless God, high and exalted over all. The voice. How good it is to give thanks to the eternal and to praise your name with song almost high. To speak of your unfailing love in the morning and rehearse your faithfulness as night begins to fall. Let's have the worship team return. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Is this your prayer? Make it your prayer. 
your declaration. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in you. The message paraphrase, I just love how it reads. It says, one day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Too much? The Knox Bible, Lord of hosts, how I love thy dwelling place. For the courts of the Lord's house my soul faints with longing. The living God, at his name, my heart, my whole being, thrills with joy. To the church, to all churches, the Lord hasn't given up on the evening sacrifice. He's looking for it. He's longing for it. He's ready for it. And he's ready with fire. He's ready to consume the sacrifice. And, you know, so tonight I just simply suggest. I suggest that we gather and that we build the altar that's been torn down. That we repair the altar. That we hold to this pattern this practice, it's right and it's holy. And I would humbly suggest that we would humbly suggest that many more, many more would gather and build. It is important. It is powerful. It is a statement. It's a statement. Many Christians I've spoken to and non-Christians, you mean you guys go to church Sunday night too? Isn't once enough? It's a statement when a church has a Sunday p.m. service. I pray, I pray, I pray that that statement never dies. 
my, how it would break the heart of the Lord. And the results are undeniable. You say, well, I'd like to see the results before I commit. It's not how it works. Although, if you have eyes to see, you can see the results. Because the results are, are all around us. The results are here tonight. The results are filling seats. The results are singing, learning choir songs in the other room. The results are here tonight. This is the evening sacrifice. And so, I leave us with the suggestion. Let's gather. Let's build. You know, when you gather and you build and you want to build something, it it takes dedication, doesn't it? It takes commitment. It takes commitment. And that's what this is going to take. That's what it takes, period, because if all the people that are a part of a congregation aren't dedicated and aren't committed, well, what happens after a while? I'd encourage us all just to take the Sunday portion of our calendar and just mark it in. That's just what we do. And so if somebody says, hey, you want to come over for dinner? You're like, let me check my schedule. I'm going to the Lord's house for a feast, actually. Uh, You know, if you want to get together in the afternoon or after Sunday night church, that's okay. And why don't you just come? Come to the Lord's feast and then we'll hang out. Many times people have said to me, well, you know, I miss Sunday night, but I was hanging out with people and ministering to them. Well, that's wonderful. But what a statement that, you know, church isn't that important, I guess. And you, I remember I preached one message, and the funniest thing happened is, I mean, the person took it totally in a way I didn't think he was going to take it. I said, what would you do tonight if the Lord was coming back tomorrow? And the whole idea was, like, let's go to church and let's, you know, that was the premise. And so the next time I saw the individual, he said, you know, you preached that message, and I thought, if the Lord is coming back tomorrow, what would I do? And he said, I invited my neighbors over, and we had dinner. I'm like, okay. That's totally not where I was going with the message, but, you know, thanks for sharing, and thanks for sharing. And Well, isn't that important? I said, yes, it is, but, you know, we can't, we can't play this game. We need to just mark it in our calendars. You know, like Tuesday night church, that's pattern. That's been patterned from my whole life. When I was in youth, you did not miss youth. Non-negotiable. You say, well, you're a PK. You're a pastor's kid. So? You're the Lord's kid? That trumps being a pastor's kid? And I'll be real honest, there were times when it's like, you're growing up, you know what I'm saying? You're a teenager and all that. And 
what are we going to do? Go sit at church and play charades and Friday night and way more appealing things to do, right? No, you're going to go. You can go hang out with your friends after, but you're going to youth. You just got to work that in. Work that in. The truth is, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? You know, often we say, hey, children, you should go to church. They're watching you. They're watching the pattern. They're watching what we're setting in motion. They're looking at the calendar. And when it's just blocked off, this is God's time. This is God's time. This is God's time. This is the appointments we have on Sunday. And I'd encourage you to come on Tuesday nights. I'd encourage you to come on Tuesday nights. I heard this quote, and you know, famous preachers have said this. Attendance on Sunday morning. Attendance on Sunday morning shows how popular the preacher is. <laughs> Attendance on Sunday night, Sunday p.m. shows how popular the evangelist is. <laughs> and attendance on Tuesday or Wednesday night for the prayer shows how popular God is. I'm not laying that on anybody. I just came across it I don't know how many times this week. And so I thought, hey, the Lord's saying something, right? And I know those that attend on a Sunday morning, they come here and they love the Lord. So I'm not, we're not playing that at all. And those that are here on Sunday night love the Lord. Some can't attend because of other, other things. We understand that work and so on and so forth. But I would just encourage us all just to make a decision. Make a decision. Set it in stone. Set it in stone. That's my suggestion. We'll leave it at that. Let's stand here tonight. Let's be our open ears. Open our eyes to your heart, just shine. Yeah, Lord, let there be light. Yeah, let there be light.